Anatoly's choice to turn these children into dolls is very interesting. Speaking from a paranormal standpoint, dolls have symbolic meanings and significance in occult practice and everyday life in general. Take Russian babushka dolls, for example. They were created in the 1890s to represent the feminine and motherhood side of Russian culture. But dolls have a darker meaning in history. Oh no, I was pretty happy when I saw the Barbie movie, so... That was a great movie. Yeah. I cried. I didn't. I don't have a white mom. <laughs> no shit! You guys have special kinds of relationships. <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. Griff doesn't have a white mom. Shockingly. We are Irish, though. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Hey guys, welcome back to the fourth episode of the Haunted Detective podcast. Today we're going to be talking about haunted dolls, everyone's favorite topic. Not mine. No? But some people's. Griff didn't let me bring my haunted doll today. I said I wouldn't show up and I meant it. (laughs) She did. It's not a bit. Today we are recording in a brand new space at Oni Studios. Thank you so much for letting us build a set here. This is just really, really awesome. Dolls have been in existence for thousands of years. There was a stone doll found in 2004 that was dated back 4,000 years. Since that time, the cultural and spiritual significance of dolls has shifted. From societal representations and social lessons for children to hauntings and possessions, there is one undeniable fact. Dolls are creepy, but also culturally important. Fair. I used to have nightmares when I was like three that Raggedy Ann would chase me through my house like with that creepy smile like Mm -hmm. and then you bought a haunted doll. Well that was later in life. I'm just saying you had that experience and then later that's worse actually because you had that experience and then later on you're like what if I made myself closer to my actual nightmare. Yeah. Is that not what life is about? No. (laughs) It's about wish fulfillment like non-derogatory. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it's about making your dreams come true, not your nightmares. (laughs) I thought they were the same thing. No, they shouldn't be. Anatoly could have done many things with the corpses he stole. Instead of any sustainable option, like, you know, proper mummification. Or leaving them where they were. Yeah, or just way easier. Not doing what he did. Any of it. Yeah. He turned these dead children into porcelain dolls or like pseudo porcelain dolls. Sure. What what he would consider porcelain dolls. Mm. Illegal mummies, whatever. (laughs) Illegal mummification. Mm. He didn't even mummify them. That's the thing. That's worse. Yeah. To fully understand this decision, we need to investigate how dolls are viewed by different people and societies. And I... I'm so sorry in advance, Griff. (laughs) Why? Um... Anyways, getting into it, seeing as most of Anatoly's actions line up with folk magic, it would make sense to look into their very own puppet dolls. Puppet comes from the Middle English derivative of puppet. Puppet, which is a word they use to describe a small child and in some cases a doll. It was typically a term used like deer or honey. Puppet. Don't like it. It sounds ominous. It sounds evil. Any character that says that is going to be evil by the second or third act of the story. Hello, puppet. Yeah, that's the evil character in the second or third act of the story. Do you guys like my terrible English accent that just does not accent? (laughs) It's so bad, it's good. It's more inflection, really. Yeah. Yeah. Puppet dolls are made with the intention of casting magic on the person the doll is made after, much like pop culture represents voodoo dolls as. Mm. The spell itself does not necessarily need to be committed with ill intent. These dolls are made from sticks, corn husks, or cloth. 
Again, I'm so sorry. No, you're okay. I'm so sorry. Why? For this next topic. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I had to read it, so everyone else has to learn it. Okay. In Thailand, they had something called a kumin thong doll. These mainly are not in practice anymore, thank God, but are used in Thailand's version of folk religion. They're made from the remains of a stillborn baby or fetus who did not make it out of the womb. Mm. And made as a vessel for the baby's ghost or spirit. I mean, it's a nice thought. Yeah. But, um... It's like one of those, like, uh, like miscarriage dolls that people get. You know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, yeah, they make these, like, dolls when people like uh have miscarriages and they go from like just being like a normal like baby doll to like looking like hyper realistic and costing like thousands of dollars that's like creepy imagine being a sibling in that family and you're like mommy what does that doll represent oh sweetie that's your dead brother yeah basically god These dolls are made by witch doctors in a specific manner. If still in the womb, the child would be removed from the mother. The body of the child is taken to a cemetery, where it is then roasted in a manner of preservation. Sun-dried. So, like, low and slow. What? Low and slow? Yep. Sun-dried and roasted is basically how all of the articles described it. Sun-dried roasted babies are my favorite flavor of sun chip. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I honestly like... Uh, sun-dried tomato babies. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) The witch doctor would then chant a magical incantation. When this rite was completed, the child would be considered a cumin and painted with yalak. This is what they used to cover amulets with gold leaf. Now the child would be a cumin thong, which roughly translates to golden little boy, or cumin ni, golden little girl. (laughs) If, however, the child died in a violent manner, like all of Anatoly's victims did. Then they were soaked in Nam Mon Frey. I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong. What is that? That is P-H-R- No, what is it? Oh, okay. This is an oil that is taken from a candle that's burned by the chin of the corpse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you just like burn a candle here. Yeah. Oh, well, must be a tiny, must be a tiny amount of liquid though. I mean... little tiny baby chin. Yeah. I don't even think a, like, an adult chin would make that much oil. What I'm... None of the articles specified this, but what I'm curious about is, like, how long they burned the candle. Mm-hmm. And, like, if it was over something that collected the wax. Maybe while they're slow roasting. While they're, yeah, turning it like a pig I don't know why I imagine the baby's on the spit, but now that's in everyone's head. That's so. also how I imagine. That's just the it. mental image that we all have to have together now. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is our first real example of a doll being used as a vessel for a ghost. It is also interesting to note how the practice differed if the child died violently or in a non-natural way. The same way Natasha died, and her funeral seemed to differ from normal folk magic ones. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a touch. Cloak and robe. On top of this, Anatoly only chose victims who died in a tragic or violent way. This is definitely a very important practice to know. Now it's my favorite topic. Okay. There have also been a rash of haunted dolls throughout history. These dolls can help us understand Anatoly's choice of turning these little girls into dolls. We can investigate how different spirits are retained in these objects during these hauntings or possessions. And no, we're not going to talk about Annabelle. Okay. Because, um, unsurprisingly, or surprisingly, she is not the worst 
that there has been. Legally, I cannot talk about that character or their films because I am owned by the company that produces the movies and therefore I have no opinion on them, positive or negative, during the the striking period. They're movies. I was talking about the literal doll. Ah. Yes, not the movie, the literal doll. I'm talking about not getting fired. Yes. For my day job. Yes. To make these connections make sense, we need to look into the phenomenon of spirit dolls. These are dolls made with the intention of holding a spirit or ghost inside of them that can aid the creator of the doll in a specific way. They're put on altars to summon an entity with the use of items like candy, food, or even cigarettes. Cool. Nothing cooler than a dead baby with a cigarette. That's the coolest kid on the block. What would someone have to put in a pentagram to summon you? To, what would someone have to put in a pentagram to summon me? Mm-hmm. Uh, two elf bars and like five points of molly. Nice. Yeah. Nice. For me personally, it'd be like a smutty fan, <laughs> smutty fantasy novel. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly like a barbell mm-hmm. and a cat. See, I feel like mine's way easier. Yeah. To summon. Yeah. Yeah. You can get, you can get my stuff in like an hour. Top, like max. Put in Apple, laptop, MacBook, and mine. Sponsor us. That's so expensive. So you, you, you gotta lower the bar a little bit. No one's gonna summon you if it's so hard. I mean, Apple laptops are great. Sponsor us. They're so awesome. Yeah. They're the best. Sponsor us. I hate Apple. Let's go. Oh, shit. <laughs> so some people trap spirits in dolls on purpose. It's very possible that Anatoly did that with the ghost of the girls while he was waiting for a way to bring them back to life. Sure. Sure. So first we're going to talk about Mandy, the doll. She's kind of spooky. Mandy is a fascinating and related case of a ghost being trapped in a doll. While the original owners of Mandy had no idea that she was a vessel, it's prevalent to look into how these hauntings can manifest. She was created between 1900 and 1920. Her exact origin date is unknown. Her original owner donated Mandy to a museum after terrifying experiences with the doll. Oh god, like what? Like, (laughs) the woman would wake up in the middle of the night and hear a baby crying where Mandy was kept in the basement. Hmm. Upon investigation... She was like, I don't have a baby. (laughs) Baby's making that noise. That's weird. Put a baby down here, not me. (laughs) Why is there a baby in the basement? There was no baby in the house or basement. Hopefully. Overall. Yeah. I'd rather that than finding out there's a baby I didn't know about in my house. So I guess that's a little better in that way. Imagine a baby just, like, appears in your home. Nightmare scenario. Yeah. I'd bring it to the church and just, like, leave it. Yeah. I'm not religious, but, like... I just take it to the firehouse. Put it in that little bin. Little baby bin. Little band in a baby bin. I would honestly probably, like, leave it in a fairy circle Mm -hmm. in the woods and be like, take it back. So you're you're contributing to the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Out here making changelings and shit. (laughs) On top of that, the window, which was previously closed, was open, and Mandy was missing. She would reappear the following morning. Once the doll was donated to the museum, the hauntings stopped in the donor's home. The museum, in turn, started having unusual experiences. Mm, I can't imagine why. Yeah, I can't imagine. The doll is said to watch visitors and employees by following them with her eyes. Employees would have their lunches disappear and reappear in random spots hours later. I mean... You can, like, haunt me and whatever. Just don't mess with the food. I don't know. That just sounds like Jake in accounting being an asshole and blaming it on the doll. (laughs) It was the doll, I swear. He has chocolate all over his face. It wasn't me. Okay, Jake. Whatever. Other things would go missing as well. 
And on top of that, other dolls around her would be mysteriously knocked over. Hmm. Any attempt to videotape her resulted in the camera or security cameras to be turned on and off. Hmm. You know that episode of SpongeBob where it's like the they were like scared of the hash slinging slasher? Yes. And then it was that like vampire dude flicking the light on no, and Sferatu, off. No, Sferatu, please. He yeah. has a name. Thank you. No, Sferatu? Yeah, that's like what Mandy's doing. She's in the corner like, <laughs> The lamb that is positioned on her lap somehow ends up in different rooms as well. Due to this, she had to be moved to a private display enclosed in a glass case. But this didn't stop the weirdness from happening. It only dialed the haunting down. The museum ended up hiring a medium who claimed that Mandy was inhabited by a young girl who just wanted attention. Like most young girls. Yes. Yeah. She was very literally jealous of the other dolls. Oh, okay. Yeah. She should. That's, you know, you gotta learn how to share. There was one story that I didn't put in here where, like, one of the supply closets in the museum looked like a tornado happened in it and Mandy was found in that closet. That's fucked up. Yeah. In a much more direct example of keeping someone alive after death through the use of a doll, we have Doll Island in Mexico. Okay. Yay. This is a weird story in itself, and the more I looked into it, the more it seemed to pertain directly to Anatoly's story. Okay. The island is officially known as La Isla de las Muñecas. <laughs> I'm so Marcos, sorry. can you give it to her again? Muñeca. 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 <laughs> I'm so white. <laughs> We're keeping this in. Or the island of the dolls. Okay. <laughs> In the mid to late 1900s, Don Julian Santana Barrera left his family and isolated himself on the island. His reasons are unknown. Soon after moving himself onto this island, he found the body of a little girl who was drowned in the lake or canal. After this, he found a doll floating in the same spot that she had been. This is when things started to take a turn for the worse. Julian kind of feels like finding the bodies the worst. Yeah. Kind of feels like finding a little dead kid in your river is like might be the bad part or the beginning of it and yeah. the end of it. I'm kind of curious like how, why? It's a lot of unanswered questions, but I guess we'll just gloss over the dead kid into the dolls. <laughs> he was like, oh, look, a dead girl. Okay, on with and my he day. he just left it and he came back and he came back the next day, which again, weird. Okay. It was a rather small island. Okay, but if I, like, see roadkill somewhere, I won't walk by it again. That's true. And that that was a whole-ass kid. Julian started seeing ghosts, specifically the one of the little girl who was, quote, living in sorrow. Mm -hmm. His crops on the island would die at the hands of these ghosts, and nothing he did appease the situation. So to specify why that was such a bad thing he was fully self-sustainable on this island right so like he lived off these crops yeah so this was a problem yeah that is until he created an altar for the doll in his cabin this decision only helped with the girl's spirit because apparently there were more well as you, we learned from the last doll they are uh don't like sharing so. yeah no not at all so he kept collecting dolls and hanging them around the island to appease these ghosts. It was how he protected himself. There are now well over a thousand dolls on the island. Okay. In 2001, Julian died of a heart attack in the same spot that he found the little girl's body. Fucked up. Burned the island down. It kind of... Raised the island. 
So Ryan Bergara and Shane Madey from mm-hmm. Watcher went to the island for like an investigation on their old show, mm-hmm. and it was just like covered in spiders, and they didn't investigate. That's they just worse. Started screaming and that's, ran off. That's worse than dead kid dolls. Yeah, I agree. That's a million. I would rather sleep on an island filled with haunted dolls than a room with one spider. Those spiders are like nesting in those dolls. I'm gonna kill myself. Let's They're. <laughs> Let's go. Stop talking about spiders. <laughs> They're probably like crawling out of the eyes, like Disgusting. a million of them. Disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. So like, maybe something happened to the girl that wasn't so like. And maybe innocent? she got fucking bit by a spider. This place is so lousy with them. I don't think that there were as many spiders at the time i think because the island is only slightly taken care of by i think it's julian's nephew mm-hmm. you're still mm-hmm. concerned let's move on from the spiders okay, fair so as we all know i have a haunted doll you do do you want to hear about it no too bad so um <laughs> i i had gone to this antique shop mm. in Connecticut. Okay. Will not specify who, what, where, when, why. Okay. But the owner was very creepy and um, was like following me around the entire time. It was like in his home, which was my first mistake. But it was like, it was a very weird energy in that shop. Uh huh. And then I was like, oh, is this place haunted? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> Lorraine Warren came here once. Great. And she was like, damn, you got hella ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, it's okay. The ghost is very nice. We're friends. Sure. And then he goes, do you want to go up to the attic? It's the most haunted part of the house. This is why white women disappear so much. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone on my live stream at the time was like, yeah, go up to the attic. Woo. You're like you're like one more haunted doll away from the ID channel. I said no. Mm-hmm. I did not go up to the attic. Good. A little I mean, bit of self-preservation. You if, went to the house, though, which, again, couldn't be me. If he had said there was, like, candy up there, maybe I would have gone. <laughs> do you have Tootsie Pops? Um, but that's where I got the doll and very weird stuff started happening in my apartment. Mm -hmm. And there was one time I was live streaming and investigating her. And this was after the drawer that I keep her in face down Mm -hmm. because I'm scared of her opened by itself. And And yet you bought it. Yes. With the money. I've been trying to find it a new home. The money that you earned yourself. Yes. And then you traveled back from Connecticut. Yes. To Texas. California at the time. And then also to Texas. So you've moved twice with this thing. Yes. And you've just not left it behind. What if I was, like, low-key possessed by it? I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I was on a live stream, and it, like, I was like, oh, that you opened a drawer. That's so cool. Whatever. And then the LED stand went flying off my desk on live stream. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that for you, and I hate that for me. Yeah. I hate that for everyone that was watching the stream. Cue the video. <laughs> Anyways, to move on, Anatoly is not the only criminal who turned people into dolls. Hate that. Dead people in particular. Okay. It is important to look at the other instances in history where this happened to fully grasp the cultural significance that dolls hold. Okay. I'm so sorry, Griff. Oh my god. (laughs) Alright, no, it's okay. Let's, uh, tell me about this next horror. Carl Tanzler and Anatoly's Moskvin stories, they have very striking similarities Mm -hmm. so um born in 1877 in germany carl tanzler claimed to have had dreams and visions of the woman who was destined to become his one true love from a very young age 
I wish I had dreams like that. I don't. I like to just let stuff happen. Figure it out along the way. Figure it out along the way? Yeah. This is definitely water in here, not vodka. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like I'd have, like, a harder time finding the woman that's in my dreams because she's usually a tiefling, so. <laughs> I just have weird dreams about snakes and running and... I had a dream the other night that a snake fell out probably of my hair. Probably the haunted doll in your nightstand. She's downstairs. Probably the haunted doll in your downstairs. Probably. I'll give you that. He always described her as beyond beautiful, with dark hair and had a detailed image of her face burned into his brain. Okay. By the 1920s, Carl was married with two children, not to that woman. Oh, some some blonde. <laughs> some blonde German some broad. blonde girl. <laughs> Freshly immigrated from Austria to Zephyrus, Florida, he was working as a technician for a radiologist in the U.S. Marine Hospital. Okay. Simplify. His patients and colleagues did not call him Carl Tanzler, though. <laughs> call him Doc? To them, he was Count Carl von Kossel. What year is this? The 1920s. Fun fact. Usually when people move from uh, Germany and Austria to other places and they give themselves a name that involves Count or Von, it's because they were part of the fascist movement in Germany. They were trying to make themselves sound like uh, important royalty, the people who didn't know who they actually were. So like they would take these names, like Count something, Von something, to make it sound like they were descended from royalty when they were usually just like a racist farmer or something. Goddamn. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Is that it? you know that. <laughs> I mean, is, that, is, not is cool. fascism cool? No, fascism so like, sucks. He looking to the. He looking to the, look the. Is fascism cool? No. <laughs> fascism is terrible, and we should keep America away from it. <laughs> Specifically. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Okay. I, to be honest, mm. if I were the interviewer for mm -hmm. that job, and I was like, "Oh, Carl Tanzler, you're interviewing for this technician position," and he was like, "No, no, no." Count Carl von Kossel, I would be like, get out of my yeah, office. Yeah, I'd be like, oh. No, I was here to interview Tanzer, so you can get the fuck out. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> and then one day, Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyas. There you go. <laughs> That's one of the best pronunciation of the entire episode. <laughs> the entire podcast. I can't <laughs> pronounce anything. We all know this. And then one day, Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos stood before Tanzer at the hospital. The German man knew at once that Maria was the woman from his visions. Because she had dark hair. I guess. Just never seen another. He just never seen a brunette before. He never. It's the first one. He was a full-on Nazi yeah. at the time. He moved to Florida and was like, "Oh my God, they're all the women of my dream. <laughs> How did this happen?" My lord. Unfortunately, Maria had tuberculosis, oh. which was a fatal diagnosis in the early to mid 1900s. Good issue. Did you know? Fun fact. That raw, unpasteurized milk is the main reason that tuberculosis spread in America. Why? I, I don't have the specifics on that, but this is a call out to the Austin fitness community for <laughs> drinking raw milk. Well, to everyone that drinks raw milk. We have pasteurization for a reason. Yeah. Just because it's different doesn't mean it's right. Tuberculosis is sexy. Let's bring it back. Can't You can't do CrossFit if you ain't got no lungs. Carl was not a doctor, as we know, and he lacked the necessary training to cure TB. Mm. But he was determined to save Maria, who was the supposed love of his life. Is this another call out to the Austin fitness community? <laughs> oh, God. 
Here is something that is important to note, though. Maria was 32 years younger than Carl. Oh, gross. And rejected all of his advances. As she should. He's nasty. He's... It's gross. The entire story just disgusts me. Yeah, it should. His self-proclaimed ability to save her life from TB was the only thing that kept him around. He basically made all of these wild and crazy concoctions, stole x-ray equipment, and acted like a wizard from some bad fantasy movie. Are you just going to steal x-ray equipment? I don't... That's not very easy to do. No, it's bulky. It's bulky now. I can't imagine what it was like in the 1800s. 1900s oh sticks whatever (laughs) same difference same thing the stone age yeah okay he was to nobody's surprise not able to save maria no and probably gave her like a bunch of cancer on top of the tb probably yeah Um, x-rays those are bad for you radiation they put a lead blanket on you just to get your tooth looked at yeah he's fucking hitting her lungs and shit like (laughs) probably slapping her across the face with making it way worse okay Carl bought her an expensive stone mausoleum in the Key West Cemetery and somehow got her family's permission to put her there after being prepared by a mortician of his choosing. Weird. Suspicious. Upsetting, even. Remember that TikTok sound from, like, two years ago? It's like, nobody's gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. Yeah, they're gonna know. And they didn't know. They because knew. No, they knew. They were in the denial. Thing. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Hear me out. The only key to the tomb was kept by Carl, and he used his access to Maria's final resting place to do some fuck shit things to her well, body. No, they knew. If one key... They knew. They had to have. They knew. After two years of nightly visits to her mausoleum, Chris. Carl decided to remove Maria's body and bring it to a makeshift lab he created out of the inside of an abandoned airplane, which, where the hell did he get that? Planes back then probably, like, failed a lot more than they do now. Probably was washed up on shore somewhere. Oh, yeah, just a random, he went into the, the woods of Florida and found yeah. an airplane was yeah. like, this is a perfect lab. Yeah, just some V12 from a Wright brother or something. Cue gif of Dr. Evil. <laughs> he made a DIY project out of maintaining her body's integrity, which I feel like five-minute crafts. Oh, that's a really nice way of putting that. That's a really <laughs> gentle way of putting that. Have you ever watched, what is it, five-minute crafts? Yeah. Whatever that, they would totally do this. Yeah, they just stuff her with sunflower seeds and resin. They do such weird stuff. <laughs> He used a few different techniques, some of which included replacing her eyes with glass ones, putting plaster of Paris on her face, which is described by the Britannica Dictionary as quick-setting gypsum plaster consisting of a fine white powder, calcium sulfate hemihydrate, which hardens when moistened and allowed to dry. Known since ancient times, plaster of Paris is so-called because of its preparation from the abundant gypsum found near paris yeah you can use it for like a school science fair project or like a little art thing make like a little pinata or or turning a corpse into a doll preserve your uh, dead corpse wife Mm -hmm. cool so versatile so versatile he's so creative coat hangers and various (laughs) wiring contraptions to create stability internally specifically with her skeleton rags to stuff her body with her own hair to cover her scalp, and daily doses of mortician's wax to further stop the decay. 
Of course, this is not including the disinfectant, perfumes, and flowers that he used to mask the, what I can only imagine is like... A putrid, fetid odor? Yes, exactly that. He even dressed Maria's corpse up and slept next to her in his own bed. What Tanzler had done was completely turn Maria into a doll. I just feel like there's easier ways to live life. Yep. Like, there's just other things you can do in life that aren't this and they're easier and cheaper and more fulfilling and less gross and stinky. Yeah. But I'm not him, I guess. Good thing Reddit wasn't around back then. His search history would have been wild. No, his post history would have been wild. Oh, yeah. You post a picture, like, with my doll. Disgusting. (laughs) Hashtag dead body. Hashtag corpse bride. It's not funny. It's Hashtag not a joke. Bride. It's literally what his Reddit post would have looked Hashtag like. Hashtag Corpsebride. <laughs> Hashtag Carl von Kussel. <laughs> when he was apprehended, he never admitted to doing other things to her corpse. Mm-hmm. But. He's a man, so we know he did. Yes. Yeah. He created a paper tube to place in her. Why paper? As a makeshift. Why paper? I don't know. Why paper? That's like the. Okay. Imagine... I think his brain was cooked from all the radiation that was still in her body from all the x-rays. He has a radiated dick and paper yeah, cuts all I, over it. I think he's just brain dead from all the x-rays. Trigger warning? What the fuck? He lived with Maria for seven years. Disgusting. What is it with dolls and corpses? I don't know. Why are you making me do this? <laughs> I'm so sorry. The fascination... You brought me here to tell me that you can't be like, oh, what's the deal with... I don't know. You have the iPad. <laughs> The fascination with some of these criminals that they have with, like, keeping dead bodies around and doing things to their bodies, whether it's, like, sexual or non-sexual, it just, it confuses me. It concerns me. It should. Humanity is fucked. Yes. Of course, there are way more examples of people and serial killers keeping their victims around and making their corpses easily accessible. Dennis Nilsson would, like, dance with his corpses that he kept. But what I'm really interested in are the cultures that don't see this as a taboo. In a way, we saw it with the Kumanthong doll. Similarly, it is an extremely sacred practice. The Torijin people in Indonesia don't bury or cremate their dead loved ones. Instead, they mummify their corpses and live with them for several years after their passing. The funerals held for the dead are expensive and elaborate. And a lot of times, families cannot afford them right away, which would account for the prolonged housing of dead loved ones. Well, I mean, if everyone's doing it, then it feels less uh, bad. If it's a cultural... Also, it's like a family thing. Yeah. It's not like a weird uh, dead sex doll thing. Yeah, it's not a fetishized exactly. issue. If it's a cultural, religious, sacred practice... Yeah, it's then... just a different view on death. Exactly. Not one guy in an empty airplane hangar or yeah. whatever. Empty airplane. So to people listening or watching, wherever you might be viewing this, this is a sacred practice to these people. Mm-hmm. And we want to stay respectful to their practice just because it's not what we would do doesn't make it wrong. No, we didn't se. say it was. They're not stealing corpses from people that they were supposed to be taking care of, putting them in the mausoleum they only have access to, and putting their weird dicks inside of a paper tube inside of it that's way different. Yes, very different. Whatever you're about to tell me sounds like it's going to be much more respectful. The funerals held for the dead are expensive and elaborate, and a lot of times families cannot afford them right away, which would account for the prolonged housing of dead loved ones. 
It is so important to them because in Torijin belief, the spirits of the deceased will remain in the living realm until the funeral is held and performed. These ceremonies can last up to 12 days and will include, sometimes, dozens of animal sacrifices, specifically buffaloes and pigs. The funerals are the only way for the deceased soul to pass into Puya, the land of the dead. The corpses are given their own room and are regularly washed, reclothed, and fed. The food is typically left on the floor next to where the bodies lie and rest. A bowl is also provided for them to use the restroom. These people are considered sick and not dead. The bodies are injected with preservatives, specifically formulin, to stop decomposition. Mm. The concoction is made of 67% methanol and 33% formaldehyde. I'm no scientist, but I hope that makes sense. (laughs) The process is fondly referred to as a death ritual. After they are buried, there is a frequent ritual performed by families called, again, I suck at pronouncing things, Manane, where the bodies are exhumed, redressed, and washed. They will also take pictures with the deceased. The Balinese culture has a similar belief system as well. Death to them is not an ending. The spirits of the deceased will stay around the family to protect them. In a similar manner, they worship the dead as protectors. In Madagascar, they practice Famadihana, which I definitely pronounced that wrong and I apologize. This is also extremely similar. They will frequently exhume their deceased to tend to the corpse by changing out the silks they are wrapped in. The families will then rejoice with festivities, food, and celebration. This is their way of showing respect for their ancestors. Meanwhile, in Cambodia, which I've heard is a beautiful country. Yeah, like the holiday there someday. It's a holiday in Cambodia. Yeah, that's what I was referencing. Mm-hmm. Yep, Dead Kennedys. Guitar Hero 3. Uh, what? You said the same thing. Yeah, totally. There is a much more ominous practice. It is believed that once a year during Shumben, the gates of hell will open up. This is also the time that ancestors from sometimes seven generations back will be honored. Hmm. Shumben is ominous because spirits from hell are able to escape and the people of Cambodia must provide them with food offerings to stop havoc. During this time, spirits are also able to move forward to the afterlife from their time in hell. Relatives who are in the afterlife or reincarnated are also given offerings. So, in various cultures, more respectful versions of Anatoly's crimes are practiced. Anatoly did believe that, not to make an excuse, that he was protecting these children. This could be something that he learned through his studies. Sure. Sure. That's the excuse he wants to use, but again, uh, he wasn't anyone's family. Yeah. He's kind of stealing corpses. You know what's interesting is after he was prosecuted... One of the girls' families thanked him for taking care of their daughter and did not want to press charges. I have no no comment. No comment. I have no comment. I'm willing to go on record saying. (laughs) So for our next episode, we're actually going to be looking into the history of Russia. And I found out through my research that Russia had... Stalin specifically had passed an atheist legislation, an atheism legislation. People were not allowed to practice religion. So I think it's important to understand the scope of possibility there. So were people practicing religion in secret? How did Russia fall into that atheist state? And talk about your favorite Rasputin. Love that guy. 
Love him. Love him. He's amazing great. legacy. Great legacy. Gorgeous eyes. <laughs> Gorgeous. Beautiful man. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Haunted Detective. We're going to close the case file on this one for today. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube, follow us on all social media, and leave a nice comment because, as I always say, we're very sensitive. Extremely. I will cry and then make fun of you if you leave a hate comment (laughs) actively on my close friend's story. (laughs) You think I'm lying, but I'm not. Griff can attest to it. Yeah, but you can't because you're not on the close friend's story. Anyways, stay tuned for next Monday for our final, almost final episode, second to last episode covering these stories, because our seventh episode is going to be completely discussion-based. Oh, okay. And we're going to be answering questions from you guys. Uh Uh-oh. So send in questions. Send questions. Email me. Call me. You don't have my number. I hope. Don't leak it. 